is something I never, I never thought I'd, I'd ever do. Some of you, I was trying to teach you something. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity, God. Thank you for giving me a word. Thank you for, thank you for revealing part of yourself to me. God, I just ask for open hearts this morning, open ears to receive your word without getting mad at me. Thank you, Jesus. We've been, we've been talking about relationships for the last few weeks, and on a scale of one to ten, what do you think, how, where do you think relationship ranks in, in your life? What do, what do you think from on, on a, like importance, importance? Well, ten being the highest, because ten's the highest number. Okay, okay, good, we're on the same page. Genesis 2, 18 through 24, this is when God was looking at man. He had done made, he already made man, he made, he made everything. It says, I'm going to read it from the New King James. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So if it's not good that we be alone, then how can we do it alone? We need relationship. We need it. We need relationship. So I will make, a, make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Couldn't find anything in all the earth that would complete Adam, that could, that could do what Adam do it all by himself. He needed. So God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she will be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother. And the New King James says, and be joined to his wife. But the King James says, cleave unto. And cleave unto his wife. And they will become one flesh. Relationship is extremely important. What was the first thing the enemy attacked? In the garden. Our relationship with the Father. That is what was... The most important thing, that's what we did every day. Adam and Eve walked with God every day. They talked with God. They fellowshiped with him. And Satan was Lucifer. He was the brightest angel in heaven. He was, he was the most beautiful. He was worship leader. He understood that relationship completely. He understood the importance of that relationship. So that's why he came to attack it first. He knew that if he could attack relationship first and destroy that and give us a twisted view of it, then he had it won. He had it figured out. I mean, he was he, he wouldn't have any problems after that. So that's what he did. He come in and he said, "Surely you're not going to 
to die. You, know, you, you think you're going to really, you're going to die if you eat it? You're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. He was deceived and she ate. It happened. I mean, so the enemy understands the importance of relationship. God said that it's not good for us to be alone. God understands the importance of relationship. God himself is not alone. God is not alone. God has Jesus and the Holy Spirit all the time. They're always with him. They're one, yet they are three. They have relationship with each other. The world understands the importance of relationship. There are cultures in the world. Japanese culture tends to have a longer life than most other cultures. A lot of people say it's because of their diet, what they eat. But Exodus 20:12, we have the first commandment with the promise that if you honor your father and your mother, if you honor your father and mother, your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God is no respecter of persons, so. He says that honor your father and mother and it will go well with you. You will have life added to you. So he doesn't care if you belong to him or not. The Japanese culture understands honor and respect. They also have a lot of shame in that, but Jesus took my shame. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus took my shame. On the cross, he took my shame, so I don't have to live with any shame. Amen. Now, we understand honor. God said, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother that, it will go, that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So if we honor our parents, honor our fathers and mothers, our leaders, our pastors, going to go well with us. If we don't, it's not. Any culture that doesn't have a revelation on respect and honor does not thrive. They do not thrive on the earth. Healthy relationships, people that don't have healthy relationships don't live as long. They don't. They don't. They're secluded and they just they can't let anything out. So Even a just having a dog has been proven to make your life longer. Relationship adds life. Any relationship adds life. If it's healthy, you can't have a bad relationship with somebody and expect life out of it. But it's our responsibility to make that a good, a good relationship. Relationship adds life. Jesus came. resurrected three days later so that we could have relationship with him. That was his ultimate goal. It wasn't to come and abolish sin and take care of the devil. That was, that was side objectives that were going to get accomplished in what he did. His main goal was to come and restore that which was lost. And what was lost? Our fellowship with the Father in the garden. That's what was lost. Jesus came to take care of that. And he did a really good job. He took care of it. So, 
God said it's not good. So he gave us, he gave us someone to lord over and dominate. No. Nope. <laughs> there you go. No, he didn't give us somebody to dominate. He gave us, he gave us help. We help each other. We help each other. He did not give us somebody to lord our authority over, which I don't really have anyway. I mean, I got no authority over my wife, like, to tell her what she can and can't do. Yes, dominate in prayer. That's that is because we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with power and principalities. My wife is not my enemy. My wife is my best friend. But those spirits—that's what we're—that's what we're fighting against. So let's talk just a minute. Probably not going to like it too much. We'll talk about submission. I'm sorry, but we'll talk about submission. Wives, submit to your husband. Submit. Submit. I wish I had like a, a blackboard and a long teacher's statement. Submit. <laughs> that's, in, that's in Ephesians 5. Whoops. Wrong button. Ephesians 5. Wives submit. Is it easy to submit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's easy to submit. That's a good answer. Why is it hard to submit sometimes? Well, from a wife's standpoint, why is it hard to submit? Well, right. Right. It's hard to trust. Self-esteem issue makes it very difficult to submit because you are always, uh, you're insecure and that person is out to get you. So it goes back yes. to trust, and, uh, but it's, it starts here. Right. It says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subjected to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. But, as Pastor Cindy said, it's easy when he loves her. When he loves her. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus have in heaven? What did he have? He had everything. So he gave all that up. He gave, he gave up his rule in heaven, all the streets of gold, all the mansions, all the emeralds and pearls and onyx stones, and he gave all that up because his bride needed him. His bride needed him to do what she couldn't do. There's nothing we could have done to earn 
our salvation or our relationship back with him. There's nothing we could have done. So Jesus said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what she needs. This is what she wants. She wants relationship with me. So I'm going, and I'm going to make the way for him. Jesus gave up everything for her, for his bride. It is so easy to submit to Jesus. It's not always easy to submit to our husbands because we don't have that revelation. We don't have that. I wrote here last night, verse 25, it says, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Verse 25 is only easy when the man has a close relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's true. That's true. To a certain extent, there's a lot of people, though, there's a lot of men that have a close relationship with Father, but don't see that. They don't see what Jesus did, what he actually did for his bride. 25, God spoke this to me this morning, 25 is only easy when the man is leading from submission. Verse 21. No, I'm going to read 20. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting one to another. The commandment is not only for wives to submit, it's for everyone to submit to each other. That includes husbands, right? Husbands. I can submit to somebody that's already submitted to me. I, it's, it's hard to submit to somebody that our pastor. Great revelation on disarming enemy. How can you disarm an enemy without being submitted? Can't do it. If somebody comes up and puts a gun in my in theirs. You know? What are my hands going to do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm hands up. We lift our hands in worship. We lift our hands in surrender. It's just a universal sign where I give up. I can't get I don't want no part of it. I'm done. With, with disarming the enemy, that this person's in my face. You did this, no, 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 you shouldn't have done that. My response, submission is, is everything. I can, I can pull them in with my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, but you did this, you, you, did, you shouldn't have done that. This is why I did this. I just got shot because that's, in the spirit realm, that's me getting in that devil's face. Why don't you just shoot me then? Just shoot me. Go ahead. Boom. If I can't put my hands up and surrender, I'm so sorry. I, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings like that. I didn't mean to say that. That was, that I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should not have said that. It doesn't matter what they did. Right. It doesn't matter what they did. It's not their responsibility 
They can't bring salvation. We can, we can bring salvation because we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's not, their, it's not their place. It's my place because I have the relationship with God. I've heard some, some people say that the husband's call in life is the dominant call, is the, prior, the call in priority. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus give up for his wife? Exactly. He humbled himself. He come down and he served everyone. His destiny got fulfilled by making the way, by basically pushing his bride into hers. My responsibility as a husband is to make sure that my wife does what she's supposed to do. And I have to lay down everything for that. I have to lay down what I want, what my call from God may be for her, to push her into her destiny. It's what every teacher and every leader is supposed to do. We're supposed to push our students into their destinies. We're supposed to show them the way. Pastor Angie came up to me one day and said, Josh, I think you need to lead some praise for the youth band. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. You got to stop there. I'm not ready for that. That's what I said. So I'm not ready for that. I will never say no again. I will. She hears from God. God says, Josh is ready to leave. Josh says, Josh ain't ready to leave. You're crazy. God don't know what he's talking about. God don't know. I don't know what he thinks he knows, but God don't know. When I say stuff like that, I, am, I do not have a submissive spirit. It is not submissive. So when pastor comes to me, I was standing up here one day. First time she come up behind me, she said, can you, I need you to, to talk to us while you're playing. I'm like, what? What? No way. I can't, I can't even keep rhythm while I'm singing. No. <laughs> But I did not say no. That's what went through my mind. And I said, yes, ma'am, I can do that. And I started and just, that day, there was a guy here. I haven't seen him here since. But I know everything I said was for him. Because he'd come down to this altar, the whole service shifted to him. It was for him. Had I not done that, there's no telling what would have happened with him. She came up behind me one day and said, Josh, I see you running across the stage and prophesying. Hallelujah! Can you do that? Oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I can do that. <laughs> Was I terrified? Absolutely. Because the great thing about submission, submission and obedience go hand in hand. Go hand in hand. If I'm submitted, I'm going to obey. If I'm not submitted, I'm not going to obey. I have a rebellious spirit. So, when my leaders speak to me, I'm going to do it. You don't, you don't know. The thing on the other side of that submission is so unknown. And it's scary and beautiful at the same time because you don't know what's about to happen. I have no idea what's about to come out of my face until it comes out. I mean, I have no idea. 
that's my experiences with, with my father. Up here, right here. I studied about relationship for a couple of weeks. But last week when Brother Robert was talking about relationship to power, I said, I want you to talk about submission. I had a, rela a revelation about submission, submission sitting right over there. But Jesus was submitted. Jesus was submitted to everything around him. He didn't come subject to the people. He come subject to what they needed. He was submitted. We cannot have a right relationship with anybody without submission. Jesus is the perfect example of that because he was submitted. Anybody that he healed, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? Well, I'm blind, but my wrist hurts. I want you to take care of my wrist. What do you think I want you to do for me, God? Why did he have to ask that? Because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on me. He's not going to force himself He's not going to force me to run across the stage and prophesy. He's not going to force Pastor to preach. He's not going to force Elder Danny to go into the prophetic. When she probably had no idea that was supposed to happen this morning. I mean, she didn't plan that. It just happens. It flowed. Submission is where all that takes place. Every bit of that takes place in submission. We can't have a right relationship with our, with our parents, with our spouses, with our coworkers, or our friends submission. We can't have a right relationship with God our Father without submission. Submission does not have to be negative. We've gotten this twisted view of what submission actually is and it's not that at all. It's, it's, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. A lot of people see submission as weakness. I went to a, a jiu-jitsu class a few weeks ago and I was, I was thinking about it while we were there. And some people say that if you don't tap out, if you don't submit, you're tough. I, I think you're kind of dumb. Because it's not that you're tough or that or you're weak. It's that you realize you've been beaten. You can't get out of this, so it's time, it's time to let go. Let go, you've been beaten. Submit. There's nothing wrong with it. You learn in your defeats learn more in your losses than you do in your great wins. Because you learn how to overcome those losses in your losses. You can't do that without submission. Realizing you've been beaten. You got three minutes. Any questions? Any questions? I'm not scared of them. I feel like, I feel like God gave me, gave me this about submission. I think he'll answer my answer your questions too if you've got any. So. He said, without, he said, without submission, it's hard to serve God. You can't. It is, it's extremely hard. Right. You can't do it. I mean, it is, it is virtually impossible to. It's virtually. <laughs> of submission is what I'm realizing is rebellion. I'm not going to submit. I'm, I'm standing right here. You're not going to make me prophesy. Nope, we're not going to make you prophesy. I'm just not going to nothing's going to happen for you today. I mean, you stood there and looked tough. Good for you. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> but if we submit,
anyone's name at any time if we submit. Yes. Yes. Unity. That's what he wanted. It's only provided by submission. Only. There's no other way. I'm submitted with my mouth all day long, but it's a spiritual. It, pe- we, we, you are known. You are known. You're an open book, I guess we can say, and it's known when you're r- truly submitted and when you're truly not. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> Talk is cheap. A lot of people speak words. I'm submitted. I'm submitted. I'm submitted. I'm submitted. Are you though? For me, um, being submitted, um, we come before God asking many things. But um, this is just me. I, this is what I see. I don't know if anybody else see it. We ask God for a lot of things. And when it comes to supporting the ministry, we switch out. Like, you know, we come empty-handed, not wanting to give anything. We, you know, we can't give ourselves without giving our money. And uh, that's a very important part because it takes the money to run the ministry. It takes the money to support the pastor. So uh, as of today, uh, Freedom Ministry do not want to come empty-handed before God anymore. Yes. Good stuff. Thank you. Yes, we do not want to come empty-handed. We do not want to come empty-handed. This, this guy said this guy said that uh, he was praying for his daddy about some healing so he came to the church and locked all the doors turned the lights out and he went down to the altar and wrote out a check put it on the altar then he got on his knees and prayed for four hours and his daddy lived 22 years after but he had first to plant a seed. And we come too often empty-handed. God, pour into me. <laughs> pour into, whoa. It's me, oh, me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And we've, and, and we've done it so much, we think that it's honorable. God just wants us to come. But he wants us to come bring it. He gave a gift when he came. The whole kingdom is uh, giving and receiving. Yes. It's sowing and reaping, and and not even not even talking about money. Just coming to church, just receiving all the time, and never giving. It's not it's not scriptural. That's not. We should be giving and receiving. Giving a cycle. He said there would be seed time and harvest, from the beginning to the end. So. That's in every area. If we need love, are we sowing love? If we need unity, are we sowing it? If we need our husbands to lead us, are we giving to him first? Are we submitting? Um, instead of waiting on him to give his life for the church, and then we'll do it? That's not how it works. Amen. God, we just thank you today. We thank you for this word. We thank you. Go ahead and pray over us, brother. Thank you, Jesus, for submission. Thank you for the revelation of submission. Thank you so much 
for allowing me to pour it out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this service today. Thank you that we don't know what you're going to do today. But thank you that you're going to do it. And you're going to do it your way. And we're not going to stand in your way at all. We're going to bring you something. We're going to pour out our gift on you today, Jesus. Because it's all for you, Jesus. Everything we do is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen.